0: Welcome to the KBB From the Tap podcast. I am executive editor, Chelsea Butler. This week, designer Jennifer Bertrand and I delved into how to use your design talent to do good things, and benefit others, and your community. Be sure to subscribe to KBB's YouTube channel and click the like button on our videos. You can also subscribe to the From the Tap podcasts on such apps as Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and Google Podcasts. And please feel free to leave a review. So, welcome, Jennifer, and thank you for joining me. Yay! Thanks for having me. Yay! I've been wanting to get you on here for a while now, so I'm <laughs> glad that you you proposed this topic actually, and I think it's a great one. So it's w- what I had mentioned before: cause marketing, which I actually had to ask you what that was. <laughs> I had no idea, um, but but you know, you brought this topic up. So tell me how you define cause marketing. So
1: cost marketing is if you take your superpowers of design or whatever you have to offer in the world, and you use it to do a warm fuzzy, but at the same time, it also benefits your business. A lot of times when people think they do a warm th- fuzzy, that it has to be something super selfless, which of course we fully promote that part of it, but there are a lot of ways you can be smart about using your powers for good and how to make it benefit you.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. So let's start out by talking about some examples of the cause marketing that you've done through your firm. Yeah, so I am a sucker for warm fuzzy story. Most people know my
1: story that we have a son who had 20 surgeries, his name's Winston. And weirdly it was a Dorothy Wizard of Oz moment because we used the Ronald McDonald house when he was going through his surgeries. But one day I was cold called by the CEO of Ronald McDonald House in Kansas City. And she asked me to paint a mural. And she said, would you just come do it? It's a non-paying gig. One day I'll get you a paying gig. And I started laughing and I was like, that's what they all say, like, sure. But you know, I was like, I can do that. I can give a day of my time to go help. And I painted a mural that said, if you see someone without a smile, give them one of yours. It was just a nice little simple kind of typography thing. Well, needless to say, a year later, she asked me to help be a part of a 21,000 square foot new construction build, and it was a paying gig because it was a year-long project. Not only that, it has turned into when she moved to Chicago, that I've also done projects in Chicago with Northwestern Hospital, Major League Soccer, NFL, and we can go on to talk about how you brand um kind of work with different brands as you're doing those warm fuzzy cause marketing moments
0: yeah so my next question was going to be to tell us a little bit about your work with the the major league soccer national headquarters
1: Like I, it honestly, sometimes I think when you just, I'm a little bit of that miracle on 34th street. Like I grew up on Disney, like I buy into all the cheesiness. I'm married to Larry David, so he's cynical Englishman. But I really believe that like, if you do good, goodness comes back to you. And so weirdly, um, Ronald McDonald House got chosen as Sporting Kansas City, our local MLS team to be their warm fuzzy if they win the cup final they get $20,000 to do a project. And Ronald McDonald House called and they said, Jen, hey, if we win, would you be our designer on the project? And I was like, sure. It was Thanksgiving weekend. If they won, we had a week to pull it off. We had $20,000, but Thanksgiving weekend and needless to say they won. We raised $80,000 and we did an amazing project. And um, it was all about using local craftsmen to pull off this amazing project. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to see pictures
0: of that at some point.
1: (laughs) Well, and if you think about it, so like if I were watching this, I'd go, okay, Jen, I'm glad that worked out great for you, but how could it benefit me I always think find the warm, fuzzy nonprofits that you believe in because you you will shine if you believe in who you're helping. So for me, it was, I always joke that I love, you know, illnesses with children and animals. I have a dark sense of humor, but that's how you get through those hard life moments. And so anything with that, people know I will step in to help and jump in. So if you choose a cause you believe in, then if you secretly know, okay, how do I want my brand to be perceived? as this kind of new organization finds me, a lot of it can be as much or as little as you want. So have a plan, an actionable plan to record things, create social media content, create your own before um, photos and videos, and just shoot it and have a little marketing plan of your own that you just do and carry out, not relying on anyone else to do. It can really stretch that um, awareness that you get through this one project within your community. Community and sometimes nationally.
0: So, how are you able to fit this kind of work into your already, I can't even imagine, busy (laughs) schedule?
1: (laughs) It is a little crazy. Um, part of it is, is I've always learned that if you do something like this, and I start it up front saying, hey, I'll give you my brain power, I'll give you my connections but I need a team to help me pull it off. So I need you to give me five people that their whole world is going to be this project. So they're stay at home dads or moms, they, or they, you know, are very well-established businesses that can put some employees on it. And if you add a little committee to it and you go into it saying, this is the help I need to pull this off, right? Then it's not out of pocket. It's the occasional time you set the calendar you're going to do, but, if you do it that way, then you know it's not all on you to find the people to help pull it off. And you know other people are very passionate about it because they were found through that organization. So Ronald McDonald House always has amazing volunteers. And so I know every project I do, I have an army of people. And And then when you do your... Um, staging design stuff you have shifts of people so you don't burn out their kindness all in one day so a morning shift an afternoon shift sometimes you need an evening shift
0: yeah that makes sense so you also told me a little bit about your work with the NFL and NBA so how are those examples of cause marketing
1: I know so it all goes back to that one CEO because I did Kansas City we worked NFL Chiefs so they got another project the Kansas City Chiefs after asked to work with them. So I did a project here with the major league soccer, the NFL. But when she moved to Chicago, there was a whole new sports league that I got to help with. So then it became the Chicago bears. The Chicago bears had a foundation. They wanted to do a donation and their um, big thing is education with kids. So we did a play space where I designed five playhouses that were all about the concept of how your brain develops. So I have an education background. So a lot of it was um, the different uh, phases of how a child grows up and the tactile sensory things that they needed as they moved around the room. And if you think about it, parents at Ronald McDonald houses are exhausted. So they just want to turn their brain off and let their kid play and what better to let them play with something that's helping their brain as they play. So I got to work with the Chicago Bears. I will tell you each sports um, empire that I work with is a whole different learning curve because um, I'm a small boutique um, commercial and residential firm. And when you work with someone big like the Chicago Bears, the branding respect you have to have is just one thing you learn that there are no different shades of orange or navy that you're going to play with. So once you've done it once, then it's very easy. So then we worked with the NBA, Chicago Bulls, and I think we have yet, we haven't done hockey yet. So I'm, I'm watch oh, out, yeah. Blackhawks.
0: <laughs> so I want to go back real quick. You said your background is in education.
1: Yeah. So way back when I thought I wanted to be an art teacher. And then I realized um, while I love education, I learned I wanted to teach adults to color outside of the box. So um, the kids, I loved it and it was fun and amazing, but um, I evolved. So I'd done my student teaching in Italy on a Navy base and taught art to middle schoolers over there. And so um, I've kind of I couldn't leave design even if I wanted to. I love it so much. It oozes
0: out of my pores. Yeah. Wow. Italy, that sounds awesome.
1: I know, right? Great
0: place to get started. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, I always think it's like design.
0: Anything we
1: do in design, like if your heart and soul's in it, you will do it better. So for student teaching, I was like, why would I not go abroad to Italy or whatnot? So I got to see Mount Vesuvius out my window every day while I was teaching. And I could talk to kids about the Sistine Chapel and they had all seen it.
0: Wow. Yeah. How did you end up leaving there? I would have had to stay.
1: (laughs) I know, right? I fell in love with an English soccer coach in Kansas City. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Darn love. There you go. (laughs) So you talked about the Chicago Bears, but were there other projects, um, the cause marketing projects that you've been involved with in downtown Chicago as well? So Chicago I've done, um, right now we're working on a a NICU family
1: unit at Northwestern Mm -hmm. Hospital. And it's a whole other learning curve. So you go from sports to working with a hospital. And every time, how I look at it as is, you get, your world gets exposed to a whole new audience that you never would have had had you just, you know, flipped a restaurant or done something like that. This coming from a, to a NICU, having been a NICU mom, it's very interesting. Our son was NICU for seven weeks. So designing them, knowing how it feels to be in that as well. It's like destiny has decided I was meant to go through all that. So later I can use these powers for good. But the fun part is, is we're collaborating with Hallmark's artists, so Hallmark's their world um, headquarters is in Kansas City. So there's a few that kind of do some gigs on the side, and so we are custom creating murals and artwork. And um, when you do kind of these kinds of projects, you learn about donors and sponsors through it. So designing donor walls that don't feel like donor walls. So I'm working with Chris Dew, who's like the Willy Wonka from Hallmark, and and all of that, and and that. One, One moment led to me now helping with a hotel in San Francisco. So I always just tell people with cause marketing it's about kind of being open to it. I do a show where we make over houses for injured veterans and every single thing if you go into it with just trying to help someone but then use all of what you do for your business because I'll film for people on a veteran makeover and no one will be shooting stuff on their phone to use later. And that is just a waste of an opportunity. A lot of times people think, well, I can't go around telling everyone I'm an amazing human. You should pay (laughs) attention to me. You don't have to do it that way. You really just have to say, I support this. This is one awesome thing my fa- or my business got to do. And if you do it as a, I'm just sharing a cool thing I got to be a part of, it's different than going, I'm an amazing human. You should like me.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think some people that's probably easy for them to do, but <laughs> the majority is probably not the easiest thing to do.
1: <laughs> Once you, I think If you look at a brand that you believe in or you like what they do, then you can kind of see who models it. So even look at how nonprofits that you love share who they work with. You can start to see that there's a a voice given to how things are shared that make it not obnoxious, that make it just kindness. And kindness in our market right now, kindness, authenticity, all of those, Is what people are craving right now so um, people don't want smoke and mirrors they want authenticity
0: so you said that one warm and fuzzy interaction led into like this whole major relationship which is awesome for you but how would you what are some of your tips for um letting other designers know how to kind of get involved in this cause marketing design for doing good things
1: like i would honestly just start a word document a google slide whatever and pick your top three, like causes you believe in. So if you kind of go, okay, I like animals. I like, you know, retirees, whatever you're into, create it. And then write the nonprofits that are in your area. And then start slowly reaching out. If you have an intern, they can do it, an assistant or yourself. What I would do is start by following their Facebook pages, because a lot of times there'll be an ask. I like to help the people who maybe don't have a lot of people helping them. It's right. a way that you can get awareness for them, but it also lets you help guide how you help. The bigger the nonprofit, the more controlled it's going to be. Um, I'm lucky, Ronald McDonald House, they kind of gotten used to me, so they, they know what they're getting into with this. But on some of the others, they're very still brand specific for a nonprofit. So if you're getting someone who's just, happy to have someone who notices them, you have more of an opportunity to kind of share it in a way that feels right to you. That makes sense. I think the thing is, this is put your toe in the water. Don't not do it. Like what if I hadn't called that lady back, the CEO, I think just start small. You don't have to go redo or paint a wall. Maybe it's just go volunteer and see if you believe in what they're about. Then after that, you can go, what can I offer them that I can do? I have clients always getting rid of ugly, sad furniture and all the time I'm like, what warm, fuzzy could use this sad furniture that I just took out of your office? Because to them, we can paint it and make it amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, once you get involved in this kind of thing, it kind of becomes a way of life. I volunteered at various animal shelters around Atlanta for more than 10 years, um, and then, of course, COVID came and yeah, ha- I had to stop doing that for a while. And then, of course, the shelter where I volunteer turned into um, foster only. So Aww.
1: my favorite thing
0: was being able to go and dedicate a few hours every weekend to, you know, petting dogs and cats and telling, you know, potential adopters about them. So I've got to f- it's not necessarily me using. Well, I mean. I do um, edit a newsletter for one of the cat shelters around here, so I am kind of trying to use my editorial skills for good where that's concerned. So yeah, I think it's a great idea for the design community to get involved in it because I miss it so much. It, it really was a, a part of my, you know, regular life. It's
1: good for the soul and like you can do it and, and you never know when that um, like makeover you did has someone on the board who loves your style and they want to hire you. We all know boards of nonprofits are usually very successful people. I did a, we have a place called Wayside Wastes and it's an animal shelter. So I got asked to design. Now this one's a heavy, weird one. I got asked to design the place where you say goodbye to your pets. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make that amazing? But then I thought about it. I was like, why would I not want to make the sad moment for someone amazing? So, we did like some greenery parts that say forever would not have been long enough. Um, oh. they, they did, I know, right? So, if you think about how do you add color that it feels like a hug, that Uh, That it just gives you peace in those final, you know, poopy moments with your pet. And I thought, okay, I can do this. So a lot of times you, you challenge yourself, even as a designer to go, how can I make that weird situation amazing? And it's actually good for our skills and our minds to challenge ourselves that because, you know, uh, it's like me right now with gray and white kitchens. I'm like, if you ask me to do a gray and white kitchen, I'm going to vomit all over you. I am not going to do another gray and white kitchen.
0: I try yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm very tired of that. And even <laughs> earlier today when I was trying to figure out what to wear for our call, I know not everybody can see us, but you can see me. So yeah. I was like, she's going to be colorful. So I can't just <laughs> put on something gray or white. So no, but yeah, I'm tired of that too. I I I love that people are starting to embrace color more and to just like get outside of themselves. I call it the
1: Xanax of design. Most people who've heard me speak know I say that because I sometimes, I always say you need a defibrillator to the soul to remind you when life gets hard and heavy that your house should feel like, even if it's a Lux hug or or it can be tonal and calm and not be dead to the world. So sometimes I think as creatives, we can do the easy answer to flip a design project but it's always challenging yourselves what's expected and how can i do it differently
0: so another topic we talked about was embracing and using local craftspeople and artists which is also using your talents to support others so how did you become passionate about that yeah so
1: i always think like there's always big companies, which I fully support as well. But I always think of the unsung heroes. And where I live in Kansas City, there were a lot of just kind of random artists. So I I started with my Ronald McDonald projects, actually. I'd go, what can I do that no one was using yet? So way back when, no one was using neon tons. Now I feel like everyone sees it. So I probably won't use neon for a while. But I found a neon artist. We did a sign that said, hello, sunshine. I had a graffiti artist, create. mural. I had a felt artist create these flowers and bumblebees that all hung, and those three artists lived within one world. I just did an engineering firm, and my goal was to to, uh, purchase only local art from Kansas City to represent this engineering firm that is here and in Austin, Texas. And I tried to make sure it was inclusive of everyone. So I tried to find people that I hadn't discovered yet. And so it was really fun challenging myself to find who are the people not represented in galleries maybe that I could go from there and what are the mediums I haven't worked with. So a lot of times my steel guy will know that I'll go, hey, can we, you know, like laser jet or water jet out a pattern and create this. So I come from an artist background. My mom's a sculptor and my father, after the military became an art museum director. So a lot of times I look at a wall as a place to do an installation piece. And so I love playing with different mediums as we do it. But I think for, for anyone listening to this, it's really trying to find a medium you haven't played with. So for example, we did a chandelier. I found a local glass blower and we created a custom chandelier that was one of a kind and makes it all the better for a client when no one else has a piece exactly like that.
0: So is it, can I assume that yeah. most of your clients are open to those kinds of things when you get into the process <laughs> with them? Like, yeah, you can we're ask put something anything. in there. <laughs> Sometimes they know. So
1: I'm very lucky that I'm word of mouth. I've been doing this long enough that if people like, I started off and they. I warn them what they're signing up for because I tell them it's like design dating. You have to like who's going to touch your home or your workspace because it's a relationship we're going to have. And it's not always going to be full of highs. There's going to be lows. So usually there's always an initial interview to see is there harmony? And I've turned down a couple where I was like, you know, I may not be the right fit for you and and stuff like that. When I get a vibe, I listen to those vibes. Um, A lot of times though, I'll say, hey, here's the thing. I'm gonna pick out this fixture or whatever. You're gonna freak out. I'm gonna tell you it's okay. You're gonna still do it because I'm not gonna be quiet because that's the right design answer. Then later when it's up, you're still gonna freak out a little, but then your friends will come over, they'll love it. And I was like, and so you really should just trust me because that's why you hired me. And I said, so let's skip all the middle part. And they usually laugh and somehow I'm very convincing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can totally see that. So what's the future for you in terms of the cause marketing and doing design for good things? What's coming up for you? So I really
1: found that I love helping veterans is one that I really, really love besides doing a show for it. Like I love just anyone that I can help because my dad was military and I grew up on bases, any bit I can help. Um, So even finding veterans who make artwork when I do projects, um, I love that because I'm starting to see more love on veterans more and more like locally. Um, I know some veterans that are creating some groups for local um, craftsmen who are veterans. I think also it's um, just continuing to push Design as an end result, because I don't always help a warm fuzzy cause for a portfolio picture. Because I, I don't care about that. If they're happy, I'm happy. If it makes the cut for a portfolio, awesome. But I'm gonna continue to challenge myself to show a nonprofit doesn't have to look like it's a place where old Holiday Inn furniture died.
0: I <laughs> <That> makes sense. <laughs> I'm so glad we finally got a chance to sit down and talk and do all this great stuff. I hope that you've definitely inspired um, our readers to go out there and use their skills for doing good stuff, warm fuzzies, make you feel good about yourself and have you know, a, an exciting reason to wake up every day. So I think that's awesome.
1: Yay, thanks for having me.